This is England. Hello, my name is Liz Forden, and you're listening to This is England, a program in which we bring you some of the unique people who make up the rich fabric of English society. Will anyone know what a disc jockey was in 50 or 100 years' time? I doubt it. But one occupation at least has remained fundamentally unchanged for over a thousand years. Recently I went to Lincoln Castle to meet Michael Bond, the stonemason. He and his predecessors have been building in stone for over a millennium, and what he builds today may well be in place at the dawn of the fourth millennium. I never thought to find myself talking to you from a lady's prison. But here I am in the prison of Lincoln Castle. But I'm glad to say that they're going to let me out fairly shortly. Our guest today is Mr. Michael Bond, one of the stonemasons. Have they had you locked up here long, Michael? Uh, well, I've actually been here for 13 years now, so it's a fairly long time. How do you feel about working in a prison? Um, we'd, well, we spend probably three months of the year in here, which is the winter season when we're tooling the stone up ready for the building season, which is the summertime. So in the summertime we're outside, so we spend, what, nine months of the year outside, but three months in here. So it's a long time in the exercise yard? Yeah. <laughs> now, on your workbench in front of us, you've got the most beautiful piece of cream stone. Um, it appears to be full of fossils. What kind of stone is it, please? This is actually Lincolnshire limestone, which is cut from the local quarries. These actual pieces came from the embankment of the railway station when they built the station and they dug up the lime bed. Is recycling stone important these days or was it simply opportunism? It was, well, it was just a, an opportunity to, to gather, I think we in the end got nearly 300 tonne of stone, which when you build a section of wall, it doesn't really go that far. So to keep the stocks rolling, we've got 300 tonne of stone which isn't sawn, but then we've also got probably another 500 tonne of stone which is cut into actual blocks, ready to go into the walls. Do we know where the original stone came from that Lincoln Castle was built on? From the actual site itself. There was, I think if I'm right in saying, there was 78 original Saxon houses here which were pulled down and the actual limestone bed runs straight through into the cathedral because the cathedral is built on the limestone bed as well. So they actually quarried the stone on site and then built the, built the walls. The piece of rock you have in front of you looks quite soft and I think I can see fossils as I say. Could you describe its characteristics to us please? This is actually a fairly hard piece of stone even though it doesn't look it. This is what is called a shake where there is a, a soft porous line of stone through the actual overall stone. If I turn it over, oh, that's its face. And that looks almost like marble. Well, it's a creamy white limestone. And if you actually look very closely, you can see lines in it, which are called beds, which run in parallel lines on each other. If we actually tool a piece of stone up wrong, so we actually tool the bed up instead of its, its face, then as soon as we put it outside to weather, the face will crack and it'll blow up and it'll split up into small pieces. Now what happens a shake, which is what this was here, 
is a bed that is formed in the wrong position. Water penetrates and then blows this part of the stone off. So that's why we've always got to check for these lines, which is to make sure that we're cutting and tooling the right side of the stone. It's got the most wonderful, almost milky white surface. When I drive up to Lincoln, particularly in the early morning and the sun's rising, the cathedral seems to absolutely glow almost white. Is that why? Yeah. Basically, we use two types of stone here at the castle. One is the Lincolnshire limestone, which is this nice creamy white colour, and Ancaster, which is a very soft stone, which is on the other banker in the corner. All the walls are built with limestone because it's tooled up and it's a hard-wearing stone, and all the roll tops, which are like triangular pieces of stone which are used as copings, are soft stone so we can carve them. They're called castellations. They go up and down on the top of the building. Ah, oh, the same that every child draws yeah, on the, on the castle. castle. It's called a castellation, and on the top of the castellation is a coping stone, which is made of Ancaster, because when Ancaster gets its cover on, it's a very hard stone, and it's impervious to water. So water then runs off, and it doesn't affect the stone underneath, which is why I always put a coping stone on a wall. Can you explain to us what you're going to do with this piece? You've got a beautiful flat surface there on the top. You've got it marked out in a, a rectangle, as if you're going to cut parts of it off. Well, to make a waller to go in the wall, we have a piece of stone, as you can see, which is all over the shop. It's higgledy-piggledy. Nowadays, we would cut this on the saw, which take a flat surface on all six sides. But in the olden days, they used to do it by hand, which is what I'll show you now. You have a, a mallet, which is a, a banker hammer, which is slightly larger than a normal hammer. It, you take your hammer and a punch. A punch is a chisel with a small end. You take the hammer and the pitcher or, or the point and you just start taking pieces off and you work down to where your lines are on your stone. And then you take a claw tool, which is shaped like a claw, which you've got lots of little tiny points on. Yeah, with a serrated edge. And then you, again, work down towards the line, and it just takes all the knobbly bits, for a better word, off, like so. And then when you get right down to the line, you take a flat-headed chisel. Which just looks like a normal chisel that's sort of been flattened and splayed out. Yeah, and that you change to a mallet. This is a synthetic mallet. I mean, we do have the old mallets, which is this one here. That's an old rosewood mallet. That's a beauty, isn't it? And the old masons used to make these, and you would just, the same, you'd take your, your flat chisel, and then you'd batter the stone to put a face on it, which is like a series of small lines, which you can see on this one that I've already done. That is called battering in stone. And that is basically your hard tool set. So that sort of work, before the advent of the, the big drills and the, and the saws, required enormous patience. Yes. This piece of stone, if I was going to do it by hand, would take possibly a day by the time I've roughed it out, squared it up and faced it. And for the listeners, I ought to say that's probably not much more than a, a nine-inch cube. Roughly, approximately, yeah. yeah. Which is why we use these saws to shape a block a lot quicker and then we can just batter the faces and it's ready to go into the stone to weather before it goes into the wall. It has to weather. 
If you leave, if you put a fresh piece of stone straight into a wall, it's very susceptible to water. So what we do, we build square heaps in the car park around the back of all the same size stone. So we have like a heap of nines, a heap of eights, a heap of sevens in little squares, so the weather can attack them and form a hard surface on the stone. And any stones that have got flaws in will crack over the two years that they're there. So the stones that are left, we know as soon as we put them in the wall, they'll be there for the next hundred years without cracking. And some of these stones have been here nearly a thousand years, haven't they? Yes. What happens in the weathering process? Is that when uh, acid rain gets into them, that sort of thing? Well, yeah, we get the reason why we batter a stone is because it gives the algae a, a better chance of getting the grip and forming a hard crust on the surface of the stone. And then does the algae protect the stone? Yep, it forms a nice seal on the stone, which then the water just hits and bounces off and it doesn't penetrate into the stone. Oh, I didn't realise that, that you actually sort of use the environment to protect the stone as well. If it, Yeah, if this stone was put straight in the wall, it wouldn't stand a chance of weathering and it would just, it, within two years, the wall would collapse again. What I find difficult to understand is the fact that the, the castle and the cathedral glow white in certain lights, and yet you're saying there's a film of algae on them. Is, is it not visible? It's not, it's not visible. To, to weather sunstone quickly, we use horse manure, watered down with water, um, soil, and paint the actual stones. And as it soaks into the stone, everything's washed away, but the actual materials that prevent the water from going in so the actual stone still stays white but the the top surface is then grown if you like in size it's it's soaked into the stone and it's formed a a seal a bit like thompson's weather seal that you put now or you paint on your brickwork and it stops the water going in this isn't a job just for any man this is something you learn slowly isn't it i was talking to um a friend at the cathedral and Two years ago, they took on 20 apprentices and they're only halfway through their course and there's only two left. Why? Because you can work on a piece of stone. And we did the um, finials for, for a job in the castle, which are like little knobbly ornamental tops you see on tops of churches. We were doing those. They took probably three or four months to make. Now, if you get three or four months into a piece of work and it breaks in half... You just start again. There's nothing you can do. Now, some people get fed up, oh, I'm chucking in the corner and leave it. It takes a certain person who will say, oh, fair enough, I'll start again. So you could work for six or seven months until you actually finally get the right one. So really, it isn't just a question of, of skills of the hand and eye. You've got to have infinite patience. Mm. You can be working on a piece of stone and wallop your thumb, which hurts very much, and you say, oh, blow, and start again. <laughs> Odd times there's been mallets thrown across the workshop, but fortunately they've never hit anyone yet. But it's, it's just one of those things. It's, it's something you either love or you detest. I mean, I start off as an actual bricklayer, but putting one brick on top of another brick, you soon get very bored. And then I, there was a job came up here at the castle, which I applied for and fortunately got. And it's just a totally different technique in building-wise and 
you've got to look at all your different perps, which are the joints between your, your stones, so you don't have any straight ones, so you're not just putting one on top of the other. And then, of course, you're back into a workshop and you're tooling all this stone up, and you're thinking, well, in three or four years' time, I'll be laying this piece of stone on a section of wall. And so it's, it's a, a progress which starts and finishes over a period of a long time. Yes, I mean, it's not many men who can work on a piece of stone one day and say quite happily, it will be three or four years before I put this into place. Mm. Yes. Yeah, uh, we did the Westgate, which I think you came through, the barreled arch at the back. Yes. There was four men have done that gateway. Every single stone was hand-tooled and put in. It took nearly three years to build that archway. And there's a little capsule at the top of it, inside, which will be opened in however many hundreds of years' time, and it will just have these four men's name on. And every time you drive past it, oh, I built that. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things that not very many people can actually say, I built that, and it's going to be here for the next thousand years, hopefully. Well, it certainly looks as if it were, but it's very solid. It just remains to me to say thank you very much. That's all for this edition of This Is England. If you'd like to learn more about today's guests, please visit our website at www.one-voice.co.uk. We look forward to you joining us again next time. Until then, goodbye. That's the end of this podcast. But if you'd like to know more information about us or the people interviewed in these podcasts, you can come to our website at www.one-voice.co.uk forward slash England. We look forward to your company next time. Bye for now.